0: you are listening to Halford and Brough. Behold the, the kick, the win for the Giants. The quarterback scores!
1: He winner, New York Islanders! I mean, can't be... That way towards officials or really anybody in, in life. Uh, probably regret acting like that. It's a f- joke.
2: You so. think you're gonna f- win anything with this guy?
1: If you, if you talk, s- it's gonna come back at you. Good morning, Maker for 601 on a Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everybody. It is Halford. It is Bruff. It is sportsman 650. We are coming to you live from the kintech Studios. In beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver. Jason, good morning. Good morning. Hey dog, good morning to you. Good morning. Laddie, good morning to you as well. Hello, hello. Alfred and Brough of the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura Dealers. Experience a Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura Dealer. Today I mentioned we are coming to you live from the Kintech Studios. Jason's here
0: to tell you more about Kintech. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net.
1: What's happening on the program? You may be asking. Asking six thirty, Greg Waschinsky from ESPN is going to join us. To talk a little puck, as he liked to call it. Uh, he had a sit down interview on the drop with Connor McDavid. Oh, asking good, about he, he's good, yeah, asking good about kind of asking about getting old and talking about the newer, cooler Connor Connor <laughs> Bedard. So we'll talk to Wish about that at six thirty. What getting older and then cooler also? How no, 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 get? getting older, but then having to talk about the newer, cooler
0: Connor. Connor How do you Bedard. feel about the younger, oh, cooler Wish. version oh, of yourself? Is Wish getting older or is Connor McDavid getting older? Oh, Connor yeah. McDavid. Oh, oh, we're all, we're all getting older. Because
1: there's a newer, younger, hipper
0: Connor. That has oh, surpassed him. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. Okay. I say, I, 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 I thought we were all. I didn't know we were talking about Bedard here. Yeah, there's a oh, newer, sorry. hipper Connor. So, Connor every, everyone in the NHL is called Connor anyway. So. And then they're going to have a new one later. It's like yeah, the Corries. Yeah. They just
1: keep bringing a new one into the mix. So 6:30, mm-hmm. Greg Wachinski is going to join us from ESPN NHL coverage. 7:30, Eric Erlinson's is going to join the program. LightningInsider.com. The aforementioned Tampa Bay Lightning are going to be here in Vancouver tonight, seven o'clock, Rogers Arena to take on. Your Vancouver Canucks we will take a look at the lightning side of things. They're coming off an OT win against the struggling Seattle Kraken. Uh, 8 o'clock, Brendan Bachelor, play-by-play voice of the Vancouver Canucks, is going to join us. Radio play-by-play right here on Sportsnet 650. Uh, for the second consecutive day, we are also giving away a pair of tickets. Now it's to WWE's Friday Night. That's right, Friday Night Smackdown. Uh, Rogers Arena, January 5th. We're just going to keep it real simple today. We're only giving away one pair of tickets. It's going to the best. What we learned: just put a ticket emoji into the text. You'll be entered into the grand prize contest to win a pair of tickets to see WWE's Friday Night SmackDown uh, at Rogers Arena on January 5th. Uh, working in reverse on the guest list: eight o'clock each batch. Seven thirty, it's uh, Eric Erlinson. Six thirty, it's Greg Wisniewski. That's what's happening on the program today. Laddie, let's tell everybody what happened.
0: Did you guys see the game last night? No. What happened? I missed all the action because I was... We know how busy your life can be. What happened? You missed that?
1: You missed that? What happened? What happened is brought to you by the BC Construction Safety Alliance. Making safety simpler by giving construction companies the best in tools, resources, and safety training. Visit them online at bccsa.ca. We mentioned that the Canucks and Lightning will do battle tonight, 7 o'clock at Rogers Arena. Yesterday... The Canucks did nothing, nothing in advance of the Lightning
0: game. They just took the whole day off. Can you believe this? Another day off for the Vancouver Canucks. I, I, I thought Rick Tockett loved to practice. I thought there were st- still details and habits that they had to teach these guys. Actually, uh, this is actually kind of an interesting story because, um, and credit JPAT for writing this in Canucks Army, uh, Tockett had an interesting remark. About the day off that they took after the New Jersey game, and I. So, the Canucks schedule is on Twitter at a Canucks PR account. Now, in a lot of cases, those accounts are just only they're only allowed to be followed by yeah, they're certain. Locked. They're, they're locked, locked, right? Like, so they'll give him, you know Halford and and I permission to follow them because we're media or whatever. But fans can follow this account, Canucks PR. And after that game, it was, you know, yeah. the Canucks have a day off. And the replies to her are like, you should bag skate these guys. to Go to practice and teach them how to play defense. Um, and Tockett had an interesting comment because they won the next game. And he said, I just felt after that jersey game, the day off won us the next game. We were supposed to practice, and I just had a gut feel. I thought the guys needed it. And they responded. Those are the sort of calls that, as a coach, you know, thank God I made the right call because they mm. needed the day off. But was that the, the Minnesota game the next day? Yep. Oh yeah. So that was the game where they didn't play for ten minutes or fifteen yeah. minutes actually. Like, and I actually wondered. I was like, do you know when you, you sometimes spend? too much time doing nothing and the next day you try and play sports or we have this happen uh, often to our, and I shouldn't compare NHL and Beer League, but I'm going to. Yeah, go for on, it. On, so we'll have like late Sunday night games. And the Sunday guys night will, games are terrible. The Sunday night games and we'll be like who else has been watching football all day on the couch and has barely moved and we're all like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, we're going to suck tonight.
1: It's, it's relatable.
0: There's yeah, so certain the first games period you circle where yeah. you're like,
1: I know that's going to be a bad and one. And
0: actually, I actually do wonder what nhl players do on a quote-unquote day off and i've heard rick Tockett say like it's not a day to just lie on the couch and eat potato chips like you still need to go move your body but i still feel like some of those young guys might just like watch tv or watch shows or play video games all day it is interesting though to wrap up all this nonsense that i'm saying how teams use rest, because Mm -hmm. rest and recovery, I think we're all learning and sports scientists are learning how important it is. And it's funny how we still get texts uh, and comments in from, like, I don't know, people that just, like, don't buy that professional athletes need the rest. They're like, these guys play, what, at max 20 minutes a night? Uh, They have everything going for them. Uh, They have the best food. And I'm like, yeah, but you still need to rest your body sometimes.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, to take it in another direction, one of the things that Tockett sort of made a reputation for himself, uh, especially in Pittsburgh, was his ability... God, I don't want to make this sound too like syrupy and sweet, but to capture like the, the heartbeat and the feel of the team. Everyone credited him for being able to build and develop relationships with players. I think the Phil Kessel thing is very well noted at this point. But he seemed to understand where the players were at and how they were feeling. Because there's a lot of old-school taskmaster coaches after you lose a game like you lo- lost to New Jersey, yeah. where like, you're punished by hard work. You're sloppy. Yeah. It's too sloppy. The changes are sloppy. Your defense I, I, is sloppy. I, I, you know, we clean up the slop, we practice. I honestly thought, story.
0: and I think I said it on the show, I honestly thought that at the day off after the New Jersey game was just like, yeah, the NHLPA... You know, part of the agreement says you get this many days off in a month, and I thought that's what it was, but apparently it wasn't. It was Taka just saying, like, I think these guys need a game off, and maybe Taka was like, I don't want to see them tomorrow.
1: Uh, So let's move along. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Here's another guy that uh, Rick Talking might not want to see today or tomorrow. Andre Kuzmenko. Uh, he continued to be in the news yesterday. This time, it was the general manager, or sorry, the general manager, the former general manager, now the president of Hockey Ops of the club, Jim Rutherford, uh, in a sit-down with Sportsnet's Ian McIntyre, talking about the future of Andre Kuzmenko, what it involves from the Canucks' side of things in terms, in terms of helping and supporting him, but also... The possibility, and it's just being thrown out there, but the possibility of a trade asked if the team will be patient with Kuzmenko and let Kuzmenko work his way out of his current funk, Rutherford said the following. Well, we'll keep an open mind. I don't just want to lock ourselves into one answer, but we need to
0: continue. To try and help him. Yeah, it's basically while he's still here, we'll keep trying him, but, or trying to help him. But yeah, I, th- I think, uh, I think they're, you know, it's been reported that they're getting calls on Kuzmenko, and maybe some of those calls offer an attractive return. Mm-hmm. They're only committed to him through next season anyway. It's not like he signed this seven-year contract and all of a sudden it's not going so well and they're in this position of, uh uh-oh, right? It's not like they made this long-term marriage with Kuzmenko. If it's not working and they're having conversations, I imagine, with Rick Tockett and going over all the things that he's telling them, like, I've been telling this guy this. I've been telling this guy that. I've been telling this guy this again, over and over and over again. He's still not doing it. What do you want me to do about it? Like, you know, eventually, um, eventually you can only help a player so much to do the things that you want him to do before you have to conclude, like, maybe he's just not going to do it. That's that's kind of
1: I think where they're at at this stage of the game because you got to remember, Talkit had twenty thirty games of Kuzmenko last year, and the big difference was that you could kind of bake two explanations or dare I say excuses into last mm-hmm. year, and one was well Kuzmenko's still in his quote unquote rookie campaign, he's still learning, and the other one was, you know, it's not that big of a deal if we do this disciplinary process with him because the games don't matter, right? The games matter now. Like, Kuzmenko not doing the staples and not doing the non-negotiables or negotiating, the, I still can't figure that one out, but <laughs> not doing it now could, like, actually hurt the team in terms of points on a nightly basis and trying to
0: get to well, the playoffs. Well, I play think out. it's just frustrating for the coach. It's like, we've got a plan here as a team. Everyone's going to be on board. Uh, nobody should get extra special treatment unless you're Wayne Gretzky or something. Yeah. And, he you know, Kuzmenko right now isn't producing – even on the power play, which he's still on, the first unit power play, so you know, what is the coach supposed to do? Just keep giving him special treatment, say like, okay guys these are all things that we've got to do we've got to forecheck hard if you're F1, you got to get in there, right, like there are no negotiables, you got to skate hard uh, you got to make good line changes and also short shifts, everyone, we want short shifts because we want everyone to be fresh Kuzi, uh, you don't worry about it though yeah. Don't, don't worry about it. Okay. So, guys, uh Kuzmenko's not going to worry about it. He he doesn't have to do that. He's special. He especially doesn't have to do that. He gets to play by. He's a so set of good rooms. and he's so productive that he doesn't have to do that. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous to think that. And I know a lot of people have an issue with how Tockett has been treating Kuzmenko and seeing he's not been putting him in a position to succeed, which is ridiculous because Kuzmenko did play a lot with Pedersen early in the season and then eventually like he wasn't producing it wasn't happening maybe some of it was because Petey's game was a little bit off but you know the canucks have still managed to win games when kuzmenko has not been in the top six does anyone have a big problem with nils hoaglander and the way he's played with miller and besser i don't think so great does anyone have a problem with how sam lafferty lately has been playing with Petey and mckeyev i don't think so love sam lafferty um so we'll see where this goes um I just think Kuzmenko has been weighing on Tockett's mind pretty much ever since Tockett took the job. I still remember the end-of-season press conference when uh, they'd gone through all the questions and then Tockett was, like, not into the mic. He was like, no questions about Kuzi? Like, he thought... He thought, because you know it had been such a big deal, he thought he was going to have to answer a question about Kuzmenko, so he went into that press conference expecting to having to explain so this goes this is not about like the last few weeks. this sure. has been going on for I guess almost a year now, right So eventually you just you, you, you have to come to a clu- conclusion of whether or not this is going to work, whether or not this player is going to get it through his head speaking
1: of things that have been dragging on for a while and now seem to be Coming to an end, uh, the Canucks' interest in Ethan Bear, the Canucks' potential acquisition of Ethan Bear, appears to have come to an end. Uh, yesterday, Rick Dollywall, among others, reporting that the Canucks were out on the uh, free agent defenseman who has been skating up in Cologne and has apparently garnered a lot of interest from around the National Hockey League. So now. With Bear out of the Canucks' sights, they turned their attention to other potential uh, acquisitions either now or closer to the trade deadline, one of which Chris Tanev got hurt last night. I don't know if you saw that. 15 mm-hmm. seconds into Calgary's wild loss in Colorado, which had a bunch of stories coming from it, by the way. We'll get in the Miko Rantan thing a little bit later. Uh, he got hurt 15 seconds into that game on a hit from Ross Colton that wasn't, from behind and into the boards, but certainly was delivered with enough force and violence to knock Tanev out of the game. He did not return. That could be real bad news. What did
0: it look like? Like a shoulder or something?
1: I mean, on on the broadcast, like, ah, Colton got him from the side. I'm like, he also kind of got him a little bit from behind, and he just plowed him in. It looked like a shoulder. Yeah. That's... Tanev went off the ice, hunched over, and it was 15 seconds in. He didn't come back. God, so a, Tanev is
0: such a wimp. I know. You know? He, like, should, he, he should really like, take more physical abuse. Like Once in sport. a while, just sometimes you got to accept the pain of the game, right? Like, so wow.
1: the rumor mill was like, oh, man, we can't acquire one ex-Vancouver Canuck in Chris Tanev. How about we get another one
0: <laughs> in Jalen Sheffield Yeah, Rick Dollywall was talking about... Uh, Jalen Chatfield, uh, you know, we all remember Jalen Chatfield, a right-shot defenseman, and I remember when he was playing at his best in Vancouver, people were saying, yeah, he's got attributes of of Chris Tanev, right? Uh, He's not going to score many points, but when he's playing well, he's good defensively, good in his own zone, and can get the puck going in the right direction. Once he's got it on his stick, uh, you know, Dollywell was talking about uh, how – you know, he's certainly potentially more affordable than Chris Tanev. Mm-hmm. You know, If the Flames trade Chris Tanev, even as a rental, they're going to be expecting a significant return. I don't know if they're going to get a first-round pick, but it's going to be something significant. Now, I have no idea... Uh, if the Carolina Hurricanes even want to trade Jalen Chatfield, right? Like, I I don't know. He's playing, like, 14 minutes a night. But yeah, Brendan Moore likes him. Yeah, right? So, Speaks glowingly so, about Jalen uh, Chatfield. So, I don't know. Dolly Wall uh, went on an um, extended, not a rant, but he was talking about jalen chatfield and how he's saying um you know uh, that rod brindamore himself was on their show raving about Chatfield's size speed skating and skill uh in that chatfield as a pending ufa so he doesn't have the term issue that ethan bear would have and he's not making very much money at all so uh i i don't i don't know where dolly wall is getting this chatfield stuff but I don't think he's – he's not he's typically told, you know, something or other, but uh, I don't know if Carolina's looking to move Chatfield or if the Canucks have just been calling and trying to acquire him. But this is another guy maybe we should keep an eye on because if the Canucks don't get Ethan Bear, you know, I – I know they already got Zadorov, but I still feel like they're looking at their blue line and going, mm, needs to be better.
1: Um, okay, let's move on. Before we get into the Tampa Bay side of things, we're going to touch base with uh, Eric Erlinson lightninginsider.com, uh, in the 7.30 segment to preview tonight's game. Uh, I do want to whip around real quick to a couple of the scores from Monday night in the National Hockey League. Two in particular... A lot of stories emanating from, by the way, the New York Islanders are now kind of on fire. They beat the Toronto Maple Leafs in overtime yesterday, 4-3. So the stories from this one, one, John Tavares gets his 1,000th NHL point in his former home in front of a lot of booing New York Islanders fans. And that was a story into itself. But it was it was an old friend, Bo Horvat, scoring the winner 46 seconds into overtime. Don't look now, but the Islanders are 13-7-7, 5-0-1 in their last six. Here's what it sounded like Bo Horvat with the OT winner against the Leafs last night. Barzell charging back the other way. Got Horvat with him. Bo Horvat!
0: I know there was a lot of hand-wringing about uh, John Tavares getting booed by the Islanders fans um, as he got 1,000 points in the NHL. Yeah. And I don't know what a lot of media expected New York Islanders fans to do to he just like put away their sports hate for John Tavares and be like, you know, you have to admit 1,000 points is a heck of an accomplishment. Well done John! I take my hat off to you John. You know what? Um <laughs> I, I, it's, it's hard to put myself in the shoes of a guy like John Tavares. It's very hard because, but I have to say that I think there would be part of me if I was a professional athlete. That would love to get booed by a fan base. To love to get that sort of attention. Yeah. Like, wouldn't that be fun? I think, wouldn't that be fun to be hated? I think I get what you're saying. It like may be a little bit different when when it's coming from your old team. Right. This right? one's different
1: because he's like, you guys used to like. Used me. To, yeah, yeah, but I was, like I was a god here in Long Island. I was more popular than Tommy DeVito. But
0: <laughs> like I don't But couldn't you embrace it a little bit?
1: Well, if you're well, look, if you're the guy that's getting booed because you're constantly burying a team, I think you would love it, right? If 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 the genesis of the sports hatred was solely about you
0: Killing one particular, or maybe team. you're you're kind of like a rat type of player, and you're trying to agitate for sure. And like, right, you've you done know, something yeah. dirty in
1: the past. You sucker yeah. punch one of
0: their guys, and that's and just that, that that's the type of guy you are. Right? Yeah, like, like you I'm, might you might love though, or you, like Ryan Ryan Reeves, I'm sure loves getting booed.
1: Right, John Tavares' example, right? personality strikes me as the antithesis of being anything extreme. Like I don't want to be extremely loved or extremely hated. Like it's that's just the way that he is. He's right. He's got a really sort of blah personality. It's called a milk toast. Yeah, that's day. that's very accurate. Yeah. It, right? Like yeah. he came out of the womb, like spitting cliches and he was mm-hmm. just ready to play hockey. Is right, he a hall of famer? It. That's a good question. I, I, I don't know. I know that's not the hottest sports radio. It's I would say at first blush, no, because there's no real, he could like, get to 500 cat- goals, if he but there's no real catalog. The of indi- there's no catalog of individual accolades. No. I think he's a hall of famer. There, there's zero. But boring career. He, he's won no trophies. Yeah, exactly. played in no I finals. Know. Like it's just what a weird, he had one boring, chance- long. Career. He had one chance to win a scoring title, and he lost it on the final day to Jamie Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he might find his way in though, because of like, like by buying a ticket. No, no major awards no, no. though. Zero. I, I know,
0: but like he's just. Uh, I- because he was such a phenom growing up in Ontario. Like, his story's um, kind of interesting. He does have an Olympic gold medal. He was on that Sochi team in 2014. yeah play. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's a tough one for me. It's Alfie's tough... in there, and he's got similar numbers. Right? Well, at least yeah. Alfie went to a Stanley Cup. At least he so. went
1: to a, and he's a Calder Trophy winner, which mm-hmm. Tavares is not. What's yeah. the
0: furthest that Tavares has gone in the playoffs? Just the second round. Yeah, How far to, do you go with Tavares? Uh, How far do you go with the I Islanders? Think they made a conference final run one year, but I got with double Tavares
1: check? his last yeah. year there. I think didn't yeah. he scored the OT. But winner? I got to double check on that. Right.
0: But Well, regardless. Um, Someone, someone that, that, sending. JT is definitely not a Hall of Famer. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't speak wouldn't in that. finites, dear yeah. listeners. I would not speak in uh, finites. His but career I mean,
1: isn't over. You know who might make the Hall of Fame now is Bo Horvat. Five goals <laughs> and six assists in his last seven games. Guy's on fire. Uh, will Miko Randon one day be a Hall of Famer? I don't know, but he dropped the Hall of Fame quote yesterday and actually overshadowed what was a pretty crazy game in Colorado. So the Calgary Flames go into Colorado. They lose Chris Tanev early. But everything's going great going into the third period. They're up 5-3. Half of the third period's gone. It looks like they got this one under control. Then out of nowhere, the Avs score three goals in the final 9 minutes and 40 seconds of the game. So not only does Calgary blow the lead, they don't even force overtime. They don't even get a single solitary point out of this thing. Here's what it sounded like. Nathan McKinnon wrapping things up late in the third period on the breakaway. Avs win 6-5
0: swings it around for
2: it
1: So that was going to be the biggest story of the night, without question, right? That's a big win for the Avs in front of their home fans. It's a crushing loss for the Flames who are trying to write their season. And then post game things got super weird. Mikko Rantanen, who hasn't had a great start to the season, Avs have been all right. They've been winning enough games to not like be raising major flags, but apparently Rantanen's lack of production thus far raised a lot of flags in his native Finland. I'm going to play the audio first, and then we'll explain what's going on because Rantanen, unprovoked and kind of out of nowhere, took aim at, and I'll phrase this before I tell you who the person is, a Finnish NHLer's dad who happens to be an analyst in Finland and decided to rip Rantanen. And here's what Rantanen said, again, unprovoked, in his post-game media availability yesterday. It was good, you know. And uh, there's actually one thing where I got a lot of
2: extra energy, you know, one of our Finnish NHL players' dad was talking about in media that I didn't train last summer like I used to do.
1: and and uh, he was just making making things up, so I think that was that was for him, you know. Uh, if you if you talk, sh- it's gonna come back at you. So everyone in the scrum is just standing there stunned. They're like, Ah, uh, what? Yeah, they're like, I have not been following
0: Finnish sports talk.
1: And then the follow up question was nothing about those comments. I, and I don't even on. blame the reporter because that was so out of the blue. So the yeah, I have a follow up. Uh, what the hell are
0: you talking about?
1: So the Finnish NHL player he's talking about is his teammate. Arturi Lekkanen, currently on the shelf with a neck injury for the Colorado Avalanche. Turns out that Lekkanen's dad, Ismo Lekkanen... Maybe Lekkanen didn't train enough. Yeah, maybe he should have (laughs) strengthened his neck. Um, Ismo Lekkanen is an analyst in Finland for the National Hockey League and I guess the Finnish League. And so, God, this is how a current state of my life. Like 11.45 last night, I'm Google Translating... Uh, this Finnish news outlet to see what the hell did he say about Miko Randon? Like, mm. how could he have drawn this much ire that Randon brought this up unprovoked? So what did he say? <sighs> Bear with me, please. Okay, so, oh, I love translations. He said that, I'm going to try and do my best here, okay? <laughs> I know the stream is garbled. It already sounds bad. I'm not trying to make it worse. Our
0: engineers are working on that, by the way.
1: He said that um, Rantanen did not work out enough this summer. He didn't have a good summer, and that's the reason he came into camp not in the proper shape, and that's why he's off to a slow start. But there was more. So there's. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the term and the phrase, but there's a phrase in Finnish that in the literal translation is uh, a cat's christening. A cat's christening, Jason. Now you're thinking... What the hell are you talking about? That Albert? classic
2: phrase we all know.
1: <sighs> A cat's christening. I'm just imagining the cat. Okay. <clears throat> Stand still, damn it! They don't like water the Devil best cat. of times. Why are you putting it on its forehead? <laughs> so the cat's christening. It's meant to be someone that's an attention seeker, someone that. Uh, has self-promotion or visibility at the forefront of their personal life on social channels, essentially. So I guess it would be like, you're so vain or you're so into self-promotion that you christened your cat, right? I I can kind of make sense of it,
0: right? Sure. I I still don't understand. I still don't understand cat's christening. Anyway, just work with me, okay? Okay. It's
1: meant to be a means. So I guess he was essentially calling Rantan out beyond the hockey sphere, right? And. That apparently drew the guy's ire because, as mentioned, he went out of his way to blast his teammate's father without even being asked about it, right? Like, no one, no one was following the Finnish gossip mill. Like, no one, right? And then this just kind of came out of nowhere. So we'll talk to Greg Wyshynski about this later because it, it happened late at night. A lot of people picked up on it. I have no idea what to make of this. Hopefully, hopefully, Wish will have more information. Or maybe he'll know more about how to k- christen a cat. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. They but- hate baths, too. Right, I they just d- hate them. They don't like water at the best of times. Uh, right. We did mention our garbled stream. Jason mentioned that uh, we are working on it. So here are the options to listen. If you can hear any of this right now, uh, it would be a good like bit of advice. People to People can hear
2: it. It just sounds sort of sounds like a skipping CD player. Is so the best way of describing it. you
1: can listen on traditional radio at 6:50 a.m. on your dial. You can turn into HD receivers at HD three at 96.9 FM. There's the Sportsnet app. There's the Radio Player Canada app. You can stream through the website at Sportsnet or sportsnet.ca forward slash 650. You can also watch the stream on Sportsnet Plus. I think I got it all Watching the now. stream is probably the best bet because the three streaming services you mentioned are, are the issues. What about so, live radio? Well, yeah, if you still have a radio, you can hear us normally that way. <laughs> Do ironically. people still have radios? Yeah, a lot of people listen via stream, though. But no, you can actually go to watch.sportsnet.ca and watch us for free. Then um, you got to look at their faces. But then you have to look at their faces. Yeah, so there's a downside.
0: So many apologies for our show today. Many, 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 many apologies. Uh, Greg Wyshynski is going to join us next on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.
2: The most comprehensive Canucks coverage in the city. Canucks Central with Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 6:34
1: 6:34 on a, a Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 6:50. Halford Bruff, the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Uh, I did mention that we are having some issues with our live stream and a couple of the feeds. So if you can hear me right now, if you can hear me, I'm giving you different options to listen to our show and to consume it. As soon as hour one's done, you can download the podcast. A-Dog has assured us that the podcast will remain (laughs) skip-free. That's a live recording of our podcast. Good job, A-Dog.
0: Uh, Just come down to the studio. It's around Broadway and Ash. You know the Cactus Club on Broadway? We're close close to that. Just come down and just knock on the door and see if you can just come in and listen. You can
1: hang out outside. Put a cup to the wall. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Uh, You can also listen on traditional radio, uh, Sportsnet 650 on your AM dial. If you've got HD radio, if you're fancy like that, HD3 on 96.9 FM. Sportsnet app, Radio Player Canada app. If you go to Sportsnet Plus, you can actually stream the show. And you can see Bruff and I, me and my green shirt, right on camera, right now.
0: I'm wearing a black T-shirt, but this one has a twist. It's got a little
1: pocket. It's true. It's different from the other black shirts. What's the pocket for? Uh, (laughs) Drugs. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we call a drug pocket. (laughs) Uh, you can also listen live on the website, sportsnet.ca forward slash 650. Write in. Tell us how you're listening and how frustrated you are. Okay, to the phone lines we go. Uh, joining us now, as he does every week here on the Halford and Bruff Show, uh, from ESPN, Greg Woshinski here on Sportsnet 650. Good morning, Greg. How are you? Uh, doing well, thanks.
2: How How is everybody on your end?
1: Uh, things are good. This is a real Wyshynski-esque show because we're giving away tickets today to WWE's Friday Night Smackdown. For January, it's coming to Vancouver. So not only do we have a wrestling angle, we got Miko Rantanen bringing cheap heat yesterday <laughs> following the game. So what was the craziest part of that? Wild game in Colorado. Avs have this crazy third period comeback, beat the Flames 6-5. You're thinking, well, the story is now written. But then Rantanen decided, uh, I almost want to play the audio again, but I won't, essentially called out his teammate, Arturi Lekanen's dad, who's an analyst in Finland who called out Rantanen for coming into the season out of shape. Yes, this all happened. Yes, this is real. What was the crazier development for you, Greg?
2: It's kind of, kind of amazing. This has never happened before considering how many dads work in sports media. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, we never had in the NFL, like Chris Sims, teammate, you know, calling him out for something Phil said <laughs> on television. Um, No, man. Listen, first of all, find motivation wherever you can find it, right? If you're a pro athlete. And I guess in this instance, it's, you know, somebody in Finland taking him to task for his, I guess, off season conditioning was the thing. And, uh, and then, you know, listen, this is great. This is, this is what we came for. This is the, a a, a perfect hockey uh, level controversy of your dad said something about me in Finland and now I've I've had a really good game in response and decided to call him out and by the way he's my teammate like this is this is a hockey level thing other sports have grandiose controversies ours are quaint and familial and uh, and and uh, and this is this is exactly what we've came we've come for
1: right cuz this the sport's still getting there in a lot of ways in terms of national exposure and learning how to create controversy but uh, they are trying and in particular uh Connor David cuz I know you spoke with him on the drop uh, is, has that already gone to air or is that
2: coming out today uh, I'll no, ask you it's that out first today. yeah yeah it's, i mean it's short i mean i want i don't want to like pretend that like it's some 20 minute deep dive no, no. with uh with uh with mcdavid but it's it's part of a a larger conversation about about him and and bedard uh you know, in particular, their first meeting tonight,
1: right? Because we had—I was joking with Jason earlier. It's like we've already uh, come to regard Connor McDavid as the old Connor, and now there's a hip, cooler new Connor out
0: there. They unveiled <laughs> one, and uh, so we have Connor Garland. Yeah, and then we—he's we driving play on the third line, but not finishing.
2: Yeah, we have—we have, well, I, we have I one should, that spins. I, that's what he does. So that's his thing. I, I should say, uh, <laughs> I should say that um, we did on the drop a full ranking of Connors, uh, both in hockey. And then in in life uh, on on Earth, uh, and also in fiction. So that's on the show today. Is we do we do a a proper ranking of where Bedard and McDavid are in NHL Connors, and then we see if either of them can crack the top five overall Connors. And I will tell you, can I, can you give me that, some uh, of the <laughs> Connors?
0: I, I'm not going to ask you to give the full ranking, but just some of well, the other gonna, Connors. I was
2: going to say that I was going to say that like at, at least one of them. Ranked ahead of both uh, Connor McCloud from Highlander and Sandra Day O'Connor, the former U.S. Supreme Court Justice. Right. At least one of them did.
0: Sandra. Oh, so. that—that's getting in on a bit of a technicality, though, isn't it,
2: Sandra well, Day I O'Connor? Mean, well, here's the thing: like we we we, we let it. <laughs> the, the biggest thing for us was is that it, it does it end in an or because Arda was arguing for uh, Connor Kent, who's Superman's son uh, in the comics. But that's an ER, right? So mm. that was disqualified. But Sandra Day O'Connor clearly qualifies for the Connor ranking.
1: What about Sarah Connor or John Connor? Yeah, the Terminators.
2: Dun, dun, dun. We have to redo the podcast. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> dog! You just mistake. you just made a lot of work for Wish. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude. Uh, we're speaking to Greg Machinesky from ESPN here on the uh, and Brough Show on Sportsnet 650. I
0: have a question for Wish that we were debating kind of shortly um, because we said John Tavares got 1,000 points last night. And, you know, listen, Islanders fans booed him. Toronto media were like, how dare they? Uh, but I want to ask you a different question.
2: Is John Tavares a Hall of Fame guy? Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, Yeah, he's that's what Hall I thought. Famer. I'm sorry. I'm still, I'm still getting over the fact we, we have Genie Malkin and Sarah Connor. <laughs> Um, i just i sorry
1: i picture you right now talking to us but also texting arda it's like we have a problem
2: no 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 no. it's it's listen listen (laughs) that's that's how you get people talking about your list right um so no no he's definitely a hall of famer because he'll have the numbers i mean the the level of of personal achievement accomplishment i mean the story is yet to be written obviously because i mean there's still a very good chance that he could at least play for a championship, one one would assume, in the next five years, maybe. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think he's, he's definitely... he's de- not, not only is he going to have the numbers, but he has Canadian, Canadian exceptionalism, which is really the thing that you need to get into the Hall of Fame these days. So, it's um, a tough thing to get. Yeah, I think, he's, yeah I, think he's, I think he's a Hall of Famer, for sure. Um, is Ovi going to reach this goal total? So this was the big... The big story on the drop today. Um, Arda and I did a, a deep dive into Ovechkin's numbers uh, this season, such as they are. He's on tr- he's on track for sixteen goals. <laughs> sixteen. Right. Sixteen goals.
0: Is that how, so? Um, how how are you basing that just on his current shooting percentage and the amount of shots he's
2: got, or shooting percentage and and I I I, I mean like I. I'm basing it on what I asked our stats department to come up with okay. is what I'm basing it on. Right. And I, I trust the ESPN stats and info. And I also know that number has been kind of floated out there, but I mean, the bottom line is that even if you, if we play around with the numbers and, and base it on other things, we're still tracking for less than 20 goals this season. So if the question is uh, what's wrong with Ovi, we go into that. It's there's some interesting numbers happening with him on the power play right now, where his high danger chances have spiked in a way that tells you that there's more opportunities for him coming away from the ob spot than in previous seasons and i don't know if that's system i don't know if that's him trying something different because the usual magic isn't working i don't know what it is but it's one reason why the power play for the capitals and for ovechkin's kind of gone wonky this year and then the other thing obviously we cover is how does this impact the gretzky chase and the answer is severely <laughs> like, like, and like we are looking at a massive increase in the mm-hmm. number of games that it will take Ovechkin to catch Gretzky based on these current metrics. And frankly, like I came away from the conversation a little depressed. I've been looking forward to this moment for hockey forever uh, to have Ovechkin assault the record, have him you know, come within a few goals of Gretzky and have the entire sports world treat this, record chase like they treated the home run chase like they treated the ripkin record like it was going to be one of those moments that hockey rarely has where they capture the attention of the mainstream without there being you know a guy on conscience on the ice <laughs> so like right. uh to not have that moment and i think you know based on his current output it's it's suddenly in jeopardy. It would be a really a really sad thing, I think, for the sport. Wish how does he look though? I I have to admit
0: I haven't watched many Capitals games, but I was talking to a, a guy in the business who does do some analysis for Capitals games and he was like, listen, I don't wanna call him a beer leaguer, but <laughs> he's not oh moving God. he's not moving like he used to.
2: Wow. Uh I've only seen him a couple times. Um I can't I can't say for sure, you know. I think there are times when he's sort of uh, how you know where he's looked a certain way in the later part of his career, where you'd be like, "How's this guy scoring as much as he can?" Um, but I, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I have. I haven't seen him nearly enough to to make that kind of assessment.
0: Well, I hope he does it too. I'm I'm with you. I was really looking forward to it because I was adamant. Like, five or six years ago, I was like, there's no way he's going to break this record. And then he just kept on scoring at this pace. It was crazy. I mean, I I still remember the days when, like... Who was it? it was like, Ovi, you sit down, Jay Beagle, you're going to start taking some more shifts because like, we don't like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, Ovi's not breaking this record. And then he had this great resurgence uh, well into his 30s, which also coincided with, I think, a style change in the NHL where there were more goals being scored. So all of a sudden it looked like he was going to do it. And now we're not so sure anymore. Um, I want to talk to you about hitting from behind and whether you've heard anything from the league about whether or not they're going to have some sort of crackdown or have some sort of clarity on it. Because I'll be honest with you, like I don't know what is a penalty anymore when guys get hit from behind when they're forechecking or, or whether, when they're a defenseman and a forechecker is
2: coming in on them. Do you mean what's a major because, I mean, they're usually What's penalized. anything, honestly? I mean, are you talking about the Cousins thing the other night?
0: Well, I'm, ta- I'm talking about, uh, yeah, yeah, that, but, but other ones he got, he too, penal- right? He was
2: penalized for that. I mean, he yeah. got a minor for it. Like, that's what they thought. I mean, it'll probably, I think on, on replay, it looked worse probably than a minor. But, I mean, it wasn't like he wasn't penalized for it. I, you know, they, they're always going to look at stuff. If if there seems to be a trend in the league, they'll, they'll take a look at it. Um but I haven't heard anything concrete in so far as, like, this is a, a crisis. I mean, the last thing I heard from the league as far as what they're looking at with, with some intensity is, is cross-checking and, um, and continuing to try to finesse the rules and figure out what's allowed and what's not allowed. You know, what are, you, what are we allowing defensemen to do in front in order to, to clear the crease? And, and how much is of, of it are we going to allow and that kind of thing. That was the last thing that the GMs, at least, were looking at was was cross checking.
1: Well, I mean, one of the key tenets of cross checking is not to try and decapitate Artem Zub. Apparently, which is <laughs> so. Perron gets six games, and I mean, at first blush, I was like, yeah, I saw what happened, and it, I saw how bad it looked, and there was obvious intent to injure. I, I guess I'm not surprised that Alan Walsh jumped to his defense because it's Alan Walsh. But at the same time, of all the battles to pick, I feel like trying to defend your client when he did something that egregious wasn't the best look.
2: Yeah, he's he's doing what an agent does, which is to be under, under which just to be understood, and and also he's doing what Alan Walsh does, out of the league, no matter what right. opportunity he's given, and and so, I I was the least surprised by that. <laughs> um, look, I, it this was an easy one. I mean, you can't you can't hit a guy in the head with your stick, and these guys all know that the crime of passion argument doesn't apply in the NHL. Like they're very, when they give the like instructions to the players before the season on what's a penalty, what's not a penalty, what's going to get you suspended. They stress to the players, look, if this is a heat of the moment thing and you're getting retribution for, even if it's an illegal act by an opponent, that's not going to be uh, something that you can argue in the hearing. Like, we're not going to humor that. Like, it's still something that you've done that is injurious and, and intentional. So I mean, if, if you're Walsh, like, six games is is, is good. Like, six games <laughs> is light. Six games is the minimum he could have gotten from an in-person hearing right. for doing something that the league has zero tolerance for. And, and the fact that it was in retribution for what happened to Larkin and Zub didn't have anything to do with it uh, isn't going to factor into it at all. Did you figure out what actually happened to Larkin on that play? It looked like kind of a pinball thing where, like, he got hit and then he he kind of hit someone else and then he kind of crumbled to the ice i mean it it, it i mean i'm i'm no um, i'm no doctor here but i mean it is an upper body injury that mm-hmm. he's out with so you can kind of assume what that is and uh it just was sort of an unfortunate kind of collision of events and you know i, I think everyone probably comes down on the on the side of it being sort of the, the freakish thing that can happen in a in a hockey game because you're not seeing widespread, you know, condemnation of of the senators players that were involved in that play to the point where, you know, there's a rally and cry to have them suspended. Right. I think there might have been some people in Detroit that were looking for it, for something, but it wasn't necessarily like a cause that the national writers were taking up or anything like that.
1: We're speaking to Greg Wushinski from ESPN here on the Halford and Bruff Show on SportsNet six fifty. Uh, last week, Greg, we spent a decent amount of time talking about your piece Generation Gold. American NHL players are ready for Olympic glory. This was of course on the heels of the board of governors meeting where we got a better framework of what international and Olympic competition is going to look like. So just how that was a really good piece, by the way,
0: terrifying, but very good.
1: Just how fired up are these, (laughs) are these Americans right now about getting an international calendar and getting to go to the Olympics and apparently winning gold.
2: First off, thanks for talking about it. I saw the clip of you guys speaking about it and, and literally seeing the sweat beating up on your foreheads as you realize that the Canadians don't have a goalie. Yeah. That's just a hangover. Uh, that was just a hangover. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> also, Bennington, uh, no. but also the hangover.
2: <laughs> <laughs> They're super fired up, man. Like, you know, I, I think in, in talking to not only USA Hockey, but also the players that some of the players that could be going, like, there is that level of anticipation. I mean, you look at the, like, I talked to both the Kachucks about it, and you can tell that, you know, the idea of them representing their country like their dad did in the world cup is something that they've dreamed about all their lives but also being able to be teammates and potentially do it too same thing with the hughes boys i mean you have this generation of of american players that all you know a lot of them played on the same you know world junior teams things like that but they've never had a chance to really come together and do something that hasn't been done since 1980. um i did have some interesting conversations after the story came out about the behind the scenes of the team and like who could end up being the gm uh, for this team and who could end up coaching this team. And a lot of people kind of came back and said that Mike Sullivan is going to be the obvious choice and, and who, who even knows what his status will be. Yeah. Um, you got the then. Kyle
0: Dubas uh, vote of confidence uh, yesterday. He certainly did. He certainly yeah.
2: did. But two, two guys that came up in, in the talks in talked to people um, who read the article about possible GM, one is Bill Zito, who I, I know would love the job and I think has made it, you know at least somewhat known behind the scenes that would like to be the gm of team usa and then there's craig conroy who someone said could hmm. be a possibility too who just obviously became the gm of the of the flames he's a former american player you know I, I it'd be interesting to see what the pool is i as, as i said to everybody who reached out after the story came out the only prediction i will make about the gm is that it will not be stan bowman <laughs> i'm pretty sure it will not be stan bowman uh in fact i will Stake my career on the fact that it will not be stamped
0: on. <laughs> ah, Wisniewski always with the bold takes, boy. <laughs> Wish always a pleasure, buddy. Enjoy all the hockey tonight, Connor versus Connor. And um, I'm sorry that a dog ruined your day with the uh, Terminator reference.
2: It's fine. It's it's cool. I'll be I'll be at the Leafs and Rangers tonight, keeping tabs on on everything. But uh, it should be it's going to be a fun night. We oh, I should also mention we have a a big feature on ESPN.com this morning about Bedard and talking to former phenoms and, and their teammates about like what he's going through and also like what's ahead of him to kind of become what we all assume he's going to become. It's, it's a really good piece. Awesome. Looking forward to it, buddy. Take care.
0: Thanks.
1: Uh, Greg Wyshynski from ESPN here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.
0: Okay. We've got an open segment on the other side, and we've just been alerted that Sportsnet.ca has published a Q&A between Jim Rutherford And Ian McIntyre. Now, it is our job now, during the break, to read this Q&A and come up with some talking points for it. So we're going to do that. Uh, If you want to read it yourself, it's up on Sportsnet. Dot CA uh, Q a Jim Rutherford on Canuck strong start Petterson's next contract so we're going to read it see if there's any meat on the bone there that we can discuss uh, we will also go into the Dunbar lumber text line at 650 650. For any questions or comments that you have on anything, Dunbar Lumber with three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street, Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center or in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. Our apologies for the streaming technical difficulties. We are aware of it. We are trying to fix it. You're listening, kind of, maybe garbled, to the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.